Hello, welcome to Supernatural Stories, the show where you'll hear real stories of the supernatural from real people all across Canada. I'm your host and producer of the show, Cal Goodbaum, broadcasting from Rocking Chair Studio in Toronto. I hope you enjoy the show wherever you are. Thanks for listening, leaving a review, and sharing the show with your friends. My apologies for the delay in bringing you new episodes of Supernatural Stories. I thought I'd put out a short episode for now because I've had this first story recorded and waiting on my hard drive for too long since last year. It turns out doppelganger experiences are a fairly rare thing, who knew? But despite the odds being against it, I've recorded several doppelganger stories over the course of the first two seasons of the show. I'll be sharing some of those older stories this episode, and maybe it will catch you up on some of the episodes you might have missed. I'll even share my own doppelganger story a little bit later. This first story comes from a return storyteller, Deborah Lynn Katz. She offers psychic coaching to help people expand their abilities. Check her out. Here's an experience she shared over the phone. I did want to acknowledge what you're saying as far as this whole idea of spirits showing themselves in different forms, whether I, I think sometimes that they they don't mean to show that form. It's just that their nature comes through. And, and then other times they definitely intentionally are trying to mask their true nature. I can give one example of that. Years ago, I was out for dinner with my boyfriend. At the time, he was another clairvoyant, and or we were going to clairvoyant training school together. We walked outside, and there was this homeless lady who was crying. I mean, it's terrible enough just to see people that are, are homeless on the street. Usually we like to, to fool ourselves and say, oh, they're okay. But, but this woman wasn't okay. And I went up to her and, and she was not speaking coherently. And, and I wanted to help her, but my boyfriend was just like, you know, you, you, you can't. Just, we got to go. I was going to go back to my apartment and he was going to go shopping and meet me there a little while later. And I lived in this apartment building. So I got up to my door, I opened up the door and walked in, and he was standing there. And I was thinking how, oh, this is weird, he was going to go shopping, and I left before him, so how did he get here? Like, this just went through my mind really quick. I swear to God, his image was, he was standing in front of me. And I had this quick conversation, very confused. I looked at him, and then his face just changed into, like, this scary, contorted face. And then he disappeared. And what I realized was that wasn't him. I don't know what that was. It wasn't him. It was a tulpa. It was what the Tibetans call a tulpa. Oh, I hadn't heard that word. Something was there, but it somehow interacted with, there was definitely something there. And I, at the moment where his face changed, I knew that that wasn't him and that it was some kind of, of being, some projection. So what I did was I just 
opened up the door and I said, whoever you are, whatever you are, you are not allowed to be here. I know that you're not Michael because he wouldn't just disappear in front of my eyes and he wouldn't look like that. And the game is busted. And so I just visualized the, the image of him leaving the door. I opened it up. I yelled at it and said, you're leaving right now. And then I closed the door behind me. And then Michael showed up about an hour later, the time I had expected him, and he hadn't had any experience. But he said he really felt that it had to do with the experience I had with that woman earlier and how I had sympathetically, empathically connected with her. And she probably had some different beings that she was dealing with because quite oftentimes people who also have mental health diagnoses are, are, they're definitely very open in dealing with different spiritual attachments and things like that. One of the things I've found, and maybe if you've had experiences, you can speak to this, it does seem like the, the images can't hold themselves for very long, especially if you really start to question, is this, is this really the person? But I've had that in, in some dreams, too, like where I had a spiritual teacher that I really trusted and they came in the dream and they they looked like themselves and I was all excited to see them and then they said something that usually there's something a little bit off like the eye color or something that they say and then when I question like oh what like what's going on here with that then they change into their true form. I've only had that experience in dreams, thank God not in real life, but I've talked to, I think, about five people. They describe them as doppelgangers or like a glitch in the matrix, however they describe it, but they've had the same experience of seeing someone who couldn't be there. Sometimes they make a weird sound, a groan, and then disappear, or their face goes weird and they disappear. And it's interesting that you have that connection with the homeless lady who seemed to be, you know, spiritually troubled. And then that connecting to you from there. Maybe it's like it was trying to trick you and it's not very good at it. And I think part of it too is not going into fear over it because that's really where most of these beings have the, the greatest power. Maybe 85% of the time it's the fear. And if you could just stand up to them and say, you know, your game is busted, because that's the whole thing. If you have awareness of them, then you're way ahead of what's going on. And then if you can just get over the emotional shock usually and fear and be like, no, I'm not, I'm not allowing this in my space. You know, you can go play your game somewhere else, but you're not doing it here. You know, I have a lot of people who ask me how to deal with stuff. Probably anyone listening to this, it's making them nervous, but really it's about having awareness of it and then just being able to stand up to them and not seeing them as something like more special or more powerful than yourself. It, it really comes, comes down to that. Insane that there's people that don't even believe in spirits at all when, when you think about just the vast number of beings and games being played out there or, or in here or everywhere you know the universe is just so full of probably millions of different types of beings it's 
pretty cool, actually. It's interesting because even people who I know who have had some kind of a paranormal experience, maybe they've seen a ghost or something like that, they'll still find it very difficult to believe some kind of psychokinesis or objects appearing or disappearing because that somehow where it violates reality is another level that they can't accept. Like they're they're okay with accepting a reality with ghosts, but a reality where ghosts can make an object disappear or something like that is too much for them. Imagine if people were just told from just little kids that it was possible to move objects with your mind or make things appear or disappear. If everyone was just taught that, that, that would just open them up enough so everything would change. The second you hear, no, this isn't possible, that may block you for an entire lifetime or an entire society from even then being able to experience it or, or notice when it's happening. The first time I heard about a doppelganger story in real life was from my mom who was retelling details of what Bernard had told her. Suffice to say, when I got in touch with Bernard, he had a lot more stories than just that one. We spoke for a few hours, and that became episode 11 and 12, Growing Up in Tucson and in Toronto There Are Still Ghosts. In there, he had one story which was less than a minute long, but which got me to start looking for more stories of doppelgangers. My cousin Mary had, uh, in that house, had a hysterectomy. And my aunt came back with groceries. And my, my cousin Mary was in this robe. And my Nina was talking to her, and apparently she turned and went, mm. My Nina was thinking she was just in pain. My Nina walks into the bedroom, and there was Mary. There were two of them in the house. It had shifted into two of them there. A doppelganger. A doppelganger. doppelganger. And Nina says, oh, no, what she said, said, get in here, it's out there, it's like it's there in the sofa. And they just waited in the bedroom until the damn thing just sort of disappeared. Really, really creepy. This next story from Tamara was originally included in the Reality Alternate episode. If you haven't heard it, go back and have a listen to great stories from her and other storytellers. I went to school for fashion design, and um, I was sitting outside my sewing classroom on a little bench, and... The way that the hallways were set up was that they kind of went in, so the hallway in front of me went all the way down the hall to the right, and then it ended and it turned left. So there were no loops, there was no way that anybody could circle around twice. Um, And I remember just sitting, kind of staring, waiting for my class to start, and I noticed a guy walk out of the classroom next to me wearing a white and black striped sweater and a black backpack. And I had seen him before, so I recognized him. He had a baseball hat on, too, messy brown hair. And he walked out of the classroom and right past me and down the hall and then turned to the left to go in the other direction. And as I continued to sit there about 10 seconds later, the exact same thing happened. The same guy walked out of the same classroom and crossed right in front of me and turned to the left and went down the hall. And I just sat there thinking, what just happened? Did the same guy actually just leave the classroom twice? Or did I hallucinate it the first time or the second time? It was completely unbelievable. And I think that I told my friend that day at lunch what had happened. And she was just kind of looked at me like I was absolutely crazy. But um, it was definitely the same person 
definitely going in the exact same direction. It was the same moment twice, 10 seconds apart, and it completely tripped me out. And what if that was some kind of like um, a premonition or psychic moment? It could have been a, a doppelganger. And also, I wonder if for that moment, you somehow saw the future 10 seconds ahead. I was wondering, I, I was thinking both of those exact things at that moment. I was like, did I predict this and hallucinate it? Or did he come out of the same room twice? It was just, it seemed odd because I wasn't in the same moment. Like I didn't get taken back to 10 seconds prior. I was yeah. thinking different things. You know, I had adjusted my thoughts according to the passage of time, yet the same person walked by. It was very creepy. I guess it happens more often than we think, and people just don't share it because they think it's so weird. Well, I would have wanted to share it with the guy and tell him I saw your doppelganger. Did you ever think of telling him? God, no. <laughs> I was too busy staring at him with my jaw dropped as he walked by and down the hall again. But that would have been, yeah, I have no idea. That would have been really interesting. I mentioned earlier that I have my own doppelganger story to share. If you've been following the Facebook page, then you probably remember this pretty unusual story that I wrote about over the winter. If you're not following on there, you can like and subscribe to the page. Go to www.supernaturalstories.ca. It will redirect you over to Facebook. Leave a review while you're there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Anyways, my own doppelganger story happened not far from home. As I was walking north along Roncesville Avenue, I noticed a very stylish woman who was wearing a red leather jacket with a built-in leather hood and matching red leather pants with a loose fit. I'd never seen such an unusual outfit before because I'd never seen a leather hoodie and I've never honestly seen anyone wearing matching red leather pants and jacket. Along with having blonde hair, she stood out. As she passed by going south, we made eye contact and I got a good look at her face. This would have already been strange enough. I probably would have remembered it. But what happened next is that around two minutes later, I saw what had to have been the same exact woman walking south, just about a block and a half away from where I'd been. Same exact designer leather outfit, same blonde hair, same face. I looked her right in the eyes, and I must have looked like I'd seen a ghost. She looked back. We made eye contact. She was 100% the same exact person, but what's really strange is that she didn't show any look of recognition at me. She continued walking. I got out my phone and as quickly as I could, I snapped a photo of her from behind. When I got home, I tried to look on the internet to see if I could find any kind of clothing that was at all like what she was wearing. I knew that it was definitely an expensive designer outfit, but I was not able to find anything even remotely similar to a red leather hoodie. An outfit like that might be one of a kind, but it's very safe to say that it would not be possible that there were two such outfits being worn in the same day, in the same city no less, on the very same street, by two women who just so happened to be each other's exact physical double. So friends tried to come up with other explanations, like maybe she was walking to her car which was parked on a side street and then remembered something she forgot at her apartment. There are numerous problems with that, but especially that she can't be walking south back to her car because that means she would have had to walk north past me to get to her apartment, if that is where her car is. So some friends suggested she could have taken the streetcar back and then hopped off, but the streetcar didn't pass me, and she was only a block or so away, block and a half, 
why wouldn't she have just walked back? That would have been far quicker, actually. Try though you might, there is not a good explanation to how I saw the same lady in red twice. Nor is there any explanation for this last story from Sanya, which was first told in the recent episode, Shifting Energy. My aunt, she lived in Toronto at the time, and we live in Mississauga, and we find out that she's schizophrenic. She was having some tough time at home with her husband, and she had a son, a little baby as well, same age as my brother. So then my aunt was like, I need to like, not be here. I, got, I don't want to be at home. I'm fighting with my husband. So well. Then my mom was like, okay, I'll pick you up and your son here, and I can bring you guys to our house, and you can stay here. She was laying in my bed. She didn't want to leave. She just lay down and just opened her eyes and looked into nothing. I remember my mom asking me to go upstairs and go ask my aunt if she wanted to go and get something to eat, maybe, like go out to a restaurant. Mm-hmm. I go upstairs and I ask her, I'm like, hey, do you want to get something to eat? And she just looks at me like blank stare. My uncle. And he said he lives in Toronto. He can, they can stay at his house. Because he goes in Toronto near where they live, so it'll be fine. He's like, I'll take her home tonight. So remember this key part. My sister goes to sleep before my uncle even comes over. She was tired, but ended up sleeping at like 6. And my uncle came over at like 7. But my sister fell asleep. She she doesn't know. She just went to bed that night. Dad and everyone were all chilling on the first floor. My uncle came over and my aunt came downstairs. We're all talking and my aunt was just being really weird. And then uh, my mom and me were looking at each other like, what's going on? And then she left with my uncle and her son and they left to my uncle's house. After they left, me and my mom were talking. We were like, something is really weird. And my mom's like, you know what, let me call somebody. So she calls this like um, this Muslim like kind of witch doctor sort of. It was someone who, like, was of the faith, kind of, like, calling a priest, but also who deals with, like, paranormal stuff. I don't know how to explain it. So she called him, and she's like, my sister, something's going on with her. And he said that someone back home has done black magic to her. It's very common in Pakistani culture that they do black magic from back home to make the family go down in financial and health and stuff so they can be superior. Me and my mom were just, like, really spooked about that. The next morning, yeah, so my sister, she wakes up from her, like, long-ass sleep. She wakes up, finally, and then she gets up and she passes my room. Then she opens my door and she sees my aunt sitting on my bed, staring at her. And my sister's like, oh, okay. And she just closes the door. And she goes downstairs to go on the computer or something. I wake up and I bolt straight downstairs to tell my sister what happened last night. She's like, well, where is her aunt? I'm like, well, she went home last night. And then my sister turned white like a ghost. She was like, wait, no, wait. And she's like, Sonia, I just saw her on your bed. I opened the door and I saw her. She was sitting on your bed looking at me. I was like, what do you mean? She went home last night and she was like, my sister, I've never seen her that shocked in my life. She was so scared. We were like, what the hell? Like, we were just shocked. And we went upstairs and we're like freaking out. We wake my mom up. We're like, 
my sister saw her uh, sitting on her, uh, uh, like, on my bed, but she's not even here. Like, she went home last night, you know, like, what the hell? And so my mom, me, and my sister, like, we all three of us opened the door, like in Scooby-Doo or something. All three of us opened the door, and no one was sitting on my bed. No one. It was just like my blankets were ruffled as if someone had been sitting there, and no one was there. Doppelganger means double-goer in German. The word Tulpa comes from the Tibetan word Spropa, which means emanation or manifestation. And if you go on Google like I did, you might find that, for some reason, the word Tulpamancy has been appropriated to mean people playing with imaginary friends, almost all of whom seem to be furries. And if you don't know what a furry is, disregard. Most people seem to think these words just strange, outdated terms or newfangled internet jargons. The reality is that people do have experiences of seeing loved ones, or even in my case of seeing the same stranger twice. It's rare, but it happens, and when it does, it's quite a shock. I can say for myself that that lady in red was one of the strangest moments of a strange moment-packed life. After that happened, I had such an adrenaline rush that it was hard to relax that night. I kept thinking about the scene in The Matrix with the lady in red. In that scene, Neo was walking through a simulated test in which the coder, Mouse, has programmed a beautiful lady in red as a distraction. I can't tell you why it happened to me and I don't know if there's a meaning to it, but in the end, it isn't about that. Just sharing our stories is enough. Understanding them is maybe beyond anyone in some cases. The greatest sages have sat and contemplated and meditated and entered blissful states in pursuit of answers to questions as strange and provocative as this, and suffice to say, the answers are not all readily available with too much certainty. I hope you liked Deborah Lynn Katz's story at the start of the episode, and I hope you enjoyed the look back at some of the doppelganger stories that have been sent in. If you want to email me with your story, you can send it directly to supernaturalstoriescanada at gmail.com. I've had a few storytellers who could not tell their story who emailed it, so one day I might just do an emailed-in episode. It's all right. These have all been real stories from real people across Canada. The music featured in this episode was from Adapt with Mercury Cry and Unheard Music Concepts with Afraid to Go. The rest were original tracks. Thank you for listening to Supernatural Stories. And thanks for telling your friends and co-workers and family about the show and supporting a place for the supernatural in Canada. There isn't another thing like this for people to share these stories, and there won't be unless you support it by letting people know about it. Get in touch with your true story at www.supernaturalstories.ca. If you'd like to contribute a dollar per month or more to this independent podcast, go to patreon.com slash supernaturalstories. Till next time.